You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV, Desperate Housewives edition. Tonight's host will be Roxy Stryer. Joining Roxy will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Sarah Stretton and Phil Svitek. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347 855 8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, Roxy Stryer. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives Season 7, Episode 6. I'm Roxy here with my fellow DH fans to break down everything from tonight's episode. In our special segment, we'll discuss Eva Longoria Parker's trial, hear from other fans too. Sarah, give us a quick stroll down Wisteria Lane, please. Well, this week, Susan reveals her sexy lingerie job to Mike. Ow! ow. (laughs) Yes, but she ends up losing her actual job as a teacher. Um, Paul struggles to get Beth to warm up to him, and Gabby and Lynette both face some family troubles. Brie, on the other hand, heats up her relationship with Keith. Ooh, and Brie and Keith. So that's where I want to start right now. You know what? I just can't get enough of this couple. When I was sitting there watching it, I love watching them fail together. I I think I've said this before to you guys, but there's something about people flying together and there's something else about people stumbling together and i love to watch couples stumble i know that sounds ridiculous but it's like they bring out the worst in each other or or they they were seeing the worst in each other but they're bringing out the best in each other you know i think what this show really does a good job of in pointing out is how people can be so opposite of each other but both have things wrong that they can like join together and like grow with Mm -hmm. Uh, i I think it's more it's more of that they're just so stupid. I mean, you think Bree is so stupid? Well, she's madly in love. So she, oh, so people so who are not, in love are stupid. This, well, she's not. Is that what we're saying? No, I'm saying she's not cl- thinking as clearly as she could be, and neither is he. Obviously, he 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 doesn't care either way. Yeah, he didn't tell her about the roommate. It's like when she walked into the apartment. I mean, when she walked into the party. And he said, he said, what, oh, you're Michelle Obama. And Brie kind of smiled and ran after him. She so, was in love with that. Yeah. It was complete turn on. <laughs> like, like you're saying, clouded by love. Her vision is clouded, but not stupid. She's a smart girl. And we're seeing a lot of her flaws, which Brie doesn't like to show. And the show doesn't really like to show us much of either. So I like that. And, and remembering times like when she was found face first, drunk in the lawn, or something like that. It's like, oh, right. Bree's a human. She's not perfect. I don't feel so bad about myself right now. Not anybody. Nobody in the world's perfect. But what you were mentioning before, the female roommate. How much of an issue is this? Sarah, if you walked in to your, ooh, you currently do have a boyfriend, into your boyfriend's place for the first time 
and found that there was a very sexy Asian girl. I mean, I'd be a little intimidated. I think the way Brie handles it was very well, a little bit of trickery there. If I walked in, I would just be like, um, I think I'd be too shocked to talk. And then I'm hoping that I'd be smart enough to do some little figuring out, but not like throw a tantrum or anything. See, I didn't know. I didn't know how that woman was going to take it because when Brie walked in and said, oh, she, he told me that you guys had never slept together except for those two times. And the girl was like, no, we never slept together. If I was the girl and I realized Brie had just tricked me, I would have been pissed. I would have been like, who is this psycho woman who's walking in here saying that? You don't think that was a little weird? But I think she was kind of standing her ground. Like, she was, she's obviously an older woman. This, If you were walking in, you'd want to, like, make a little um show that you can fight back a little, you know? And I also don't know, though, if I could ever live with a guy that I didn't have some... Sex with? The... <laughs> that I that I didn't have sex with, finally said. Not not even that, but that I didn't have some sort of feelings for. I I don't know. Maybe you don't think that's possible. I, I mean, disagree. I think it could be possible. I actually, the majority of my friends are guys, so I understand that. But I would be really freaked out if I walked into somebody my boyfriend's apartment and he only had one roommate, and that roommate was a hot girl. But I mean, was I, she a I, hot girl? Was she hot? She, she was she was attractive. Yes. Decent, hot enough. Hot enough. Um, I mean, speaking uh, when I was in Boston in college, um, I had I lived with two guys and a girl. So not technically like just me and a girl, but there was no awkwardness. You know, we we shared the same bathroom. We okay. You know, the, so was this girl straight? Yeah, she was. Straight. Would she bring guys back to the place? Yeah, and I've talked with the guys, and they're normal and i've brought back girls to the apartment it was normal yeah but you also lived with other guys so i'm for this girl when she brought guys back to the place you don't think they thought it was a little weird that she lived with three other dudes i mean a little bit right a little off-putting for for a second or two no i don't don't know and that's also in college these people are in what breeze in her 40s he's in his 30s yeah but you don't you don't think uh college people are much more Likely to fornicate, then. No, that that's true. But what I'm saying is, at this point, marriage is on the table. No matter who you date, you're old enough that it's on the table. So, say that Bree wants to move in with Keith. Is she moving in with Keith and some Asian woman? Or like what? It's just like a different, awkward. I mean, if anything, he's moving out to her place. That's true. I mean, come on. After he just painted the whole thing too. Exactly. I, I kind of think though that we're gonna find out that Keith made the apartment look really nice for her because you saw she walked in and she was shocked and she's going to come one time and it's going to be an absolute mess and we're going to see that he was just doing it to to make her like him more. I don't know because he was her like painter and her decorator and he was bringing ideas to the table for decorating her house. That's true. You would expect him to actually be able to represent himself well. If anything, I think it's the the Asian girl and he might have perhaps, just going off of your note, Sarah, he might have just asked uh, the Asian girl, why don't we know her name, by the way? Oh, I know. I keep referring to her as the Asian girl. Mimi. Mimi. Oh. Yes, Mimi. <laughs> you know, he might have just asked her it's all the time. a little more like, politically correct. Mimi. <laughs> yes. What do you guys, you know, she would have been like, what do you think? You know, I have this, I'm working for this woman and she, she has these things. Like, what do you think I should recommend? Okay. No, I, maybe you guys are right, but I just thought for that, like, one second, you know, 
maybe it's because I'm so torn by Gossip Girl, which is another show we do, and, and everybody having secret lives. Maybe maybe Keith is just a good guy with a clean house. But he kind of strikes me, even though it's not like he's this rugged guy, he strikes me as more of a, like Bree was saying, a little bit of a mess. You, can't, you guys couldn't see that at all? It's just I, I, me? I mean, the mess is in that, that he's a bit psycho, as we find out, in some sense. That's true. and I, I But not as psycho as Bree. Apparently I don't know. Not. I don't know. I If I found out that... Well, first of all, how did Bree find out exactly what he was on probation for? She just did a little stalking? Is that... Uh, I'm, I mean, there was a letter. I assume she opened the letter. Okay. I, I don't know how I would take that. But, like... They discussed their secrets, and she asked him if he had anything else to say. And all she had said was the one time, like, her drinking problem. There's a lot more skeletons in Bree's closet than that. And I'm sure there are in his, is what I'm saying. It's like you don't stand on the front lawn of a party, and each of you scream a secret at each other. And then, oh, that's it. Nothing else happened in my life before I met you. I'm 40 years old, and other than that one time that I was face down on the ground, nothing happened. So it's exciting to me because I like hearing about their, their flaws. Especially from somebody like Brie, who is seemingly so perfect. And I always look at her and I'm like, how on earth does she do that? And then we saw last season, she runs into a bathroom and cries all the time. All the time. So I don't know. I like watching that. Maybe that's just the mean side of me. (laughs) I guess so. Maybe I'm just a bitch. Anyway, moving on to Lynette and Tom. We've got some family issues here, as you said before, Sarah. I felt so bad about the mom. We saw it coming. I knew it was coming. And I, I don't know. Just I felt like Lynette was very rude to Tom with the way that she presented the material. We talk about their relationship, their dynamic a lot. I feel like she could have gone about it m- much more kind. Like, she just It wasn't very kind the way she did. She woke him up in the middle of the night, said it like it was a piece of gossip she just saw on the news, and then asked him to turn the lights off and go to sleep. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're defending the guy's side because, yes... Don't I do us- that a lot. Well, jeez, I-, I don't don't wake you up unless somebody's been traded from some sports team. Oh, I, but yeah, I guess yeah, that would be important enough. So don't don't wake you up if we think your mother is seriously ill, but wake you up when. Yes, but it's not seriously <laughs> ill. I mean, you. First off, can I ask, uh, which we, we had uh, in earlier shows predicted that she might have had Alzheimer's. Now, am I, is it dementia? It's dementia, I think. That's what Lynette pointed to based on, like, the sundown something. Be, uh, just being ignorant about this, what are the differences? Does that even... um, I think dementia, um, it's sort of... It sort of eats away at more than just your thoughts and your memories. It, it also, um, like, linguistics and some So sense. more serious. Yes, I think so. I think I could be completely wrong, but I think dementia has to deal also with more of the mood swing part aspect versus the f- just forgetting where you are. It, it seemed more. like she only was forgetting... Even though she was forgetting only things at night, it also seemed like she was forgetting only things that were happening in the present, not things that happened in the past. So that's why it struck me more as Alzheimer's. I honestly don't know enough about this. Anyway, whatever she has, she's going into, uh, what do they call it? Senile? No, no, no. She's going into, what's the name of the home? What do they call it? Uh, correction. So the... Uh, assisted living. Assisted living, right. Not the old people home, the assisted living home. And 
she says something really sad to Tom as she's going, and that's she explains the summer camp story, and that when he asked her, when he told her he wanted to go home, she said, "If you really mean that, I'll come get you." So was that a little foreshadowing of maybe Tom asking her to live with him, or? I think that was her just saying like, "I'll go right now, but if I'm if I ask you to come get me, will you come get me?" That's what I got from it. Like, I got that she was trying, but, like, she was telling him she's going to try. But if she doesn't like it, he better be there for her like she was for him. It's sad when people with mental illnesses need to acknowledge their mental illness. Like, she clearly was not aware of it. And then all of a sudden she's in the middle of the street and doesn't know how she got there. Like, it's obviously something I can't relate to. But watching it, I almost almost started crying. I know I'm a, a little baby. And you're looking at me like I'm a ridiculous person in there. But I'm serious. That, that was really sad. No, it was heartbreaking. And just, I honestly, I thought the most heartbreaking person was Tom. Just because he didn't want to accept it. And how could you? And then he had to face it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Early, yeah. Earlier, um, oh, go ahead. Well, just to, uh, just to speak on it, you know, I think it was also made harder for Tom because, you know, because of that fight. At 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and he did yeah. kind of make a big deal out of it. And then especially in the morning, like, she's fine, but she wasn't. And uh, just to make it clear, I, I did look it up right now. Dementia and Alzheimer's in some ways are interchangeable. Oh. Um, hmm. So. Okay. There uh, we go. I'm, I'm glad that Tom was there to witness his mom hit Lynette because I feel like he, in some ways, wouldn't have believed the situation. And... I, the last thing I want is this to make a rift in their relationship, Lynette's and Tom's. It's hard enough when there's family issues going on and not between a husband and wife. But I, I don't know. I feel like this couple, as I said last last week, has gone through so much all the time. And this is just another – it sucks. And I feel like earlier in the first couple seasons of Desperate Housewives, we saw Tom as this happy – outgoing, wonderful husband and guy. And, you know, he's really worn down at this point. They, they had Definitely. to de- deal with disease, the, Lynette's illness. They had to deal with all these kids, having kids when they didn't expect to have kids. And now with this, and, and him trying to be a stay-at-home dad and her going back to work and his pizza shop failing, you know, I feel like he's just completely worn down. I need, I want Tom to be happy again. Maybe it's just because I feel like everyone in the show is just getting sadder and sadder and if you think about it i feel like the only happy person right now is brie yeah no it's true today was a very sad episode i I don't like that so much i like when they split up the show half the people are going down half the people are going up i know that's not very realistic but it's television so that's what i like to watch I, i like when we have five different relationships maybe two of them are going downwards and three of them are on the rise you know yeah, and I feel like I feel like you can't even count certain relationships as going up. I mean, probably later we'll look at Beth and then like that's heating up, but I feel like I'm not happy about that. Yeah, it's that's not true. Like a mood there, lifter. There doesn't seem to be other than Bree and Keith, there's not a couple right now that's completely doing well. And speaking of couples that are struggling, Gabby and Carlos. Oh, this one's hard too. Uh, I mean, people are going to go away from this and start crying. People aren't going to be able to sleep at night with all this pain in the world. <laughs> Jeez, Desperate Housewife, bring us some happiness. Now, okay, Gabby and Carlos, so seriously, this issue with the kids, what do you do? Do, do you tell the kids? Do you? 
I feel like right now, the not telling them is right. I feel like eventually it has to come out. Like, I don't think it should be when they're children. But it's so hard to figure out that boundary. Because, like, when I was watching the episode and um, I just – you see Gabby giving attention to Grace. And, like, for instance, when she was saying to, like, do her hair and stuff – like, I felt like she wasn't trying to ignore Juanita, but you could definitely see it happening. And I feel it, like From it, Juanita's eyes, yes, definitely. But I feel like she, and what she was doing, I felt like she really was justified. Like, she was, they both had costumes, she helped them both. Like, she really couldn't do Juanita's hair, you know? Do you it, know what I mean? It's, it's just sad because Grace, the daughter, is so much more like Gabby. And that's really hard because... Even though Gabby loves Juanita so much, every mom wants their kid kind of to be a mini them they, or somebody that they can do their hair and do their makeup and have fun with. And let's be honest, Juanita is not the best looking kid in the group. She's very overweight, which is something Gabby's never dealt with. And she's more like, she, exactly like she was saying, she's going to look so cute as a puppy. And she did look cute. She was a puppy dog. But Grace was a princess. And Gabby, as a kid, would have been a princess. So how is she going to try to deny herself and say that she doesn't want to do this girl's hair? She doesn't want to do her makeup. She doesn't want to give her her jewelry. Of course she wants to. It's her biological daughter that she didn't willingly give up. So I, I see why Gabby's giving her so much attention. But then poor Juanita. And you see what Juanita does when she cuts the girl's hair. It's horrible. I think you were saying last week, Phil, that that Gabby and Carlos have no right to having this other kid. But I, I mean, they uh, they don't. I mean, it, it depends. They obviously made a choice. They made a choice with the other parents, Grace's parents, and, you know, it, it sucks, but you have to kind of stick to it. And, you know, I think obviously the other parents have made a commitment to loving Grace despite finding this out and, you, you know, um, we saw a hint that maybe the other mother would would cling on to Juanita, but that hasn't happened. We haven't seen it develop. Maybe we still will. But I just feel like Gabby, you, you know, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, you just have to go with it. And I, I don't think what she's it's, – it's not right. It's going to obviously hurt Juanita the worst. It's not going to hurt, you know, Grace. It's not going to hurt so much. None of the parents are going to get that hurt. It's Juanita who's going to suffer ultimately. Why haven't they been focusing on – the other child is it just because Juanita and Grace were swapped? But Carlos and Gabby have another kid. This is my question about that. I mean, I was thinking about this, and if you look at the, all the kids, Juanita and Gabby and Carlos's other child who they raised, who I'm Wait, what's what? I'm totally I don't know forgetting her name. She's not mentioned. Dressed up as like the cat, are very similar looking, and. Now they're introduced. I'm wondering if I've just had this random thought this week. Did they just introduce this plot line completely unthought of before not considering the younger daughter? I feel like that's why she's not mentioned. I feel like because that conflicts with the new story of them swapping the older two at birth. Why, why does it conflict with it? Why I'm conflict? What? I mean, because the biggest deal about Grace coming into the picture is that she looks like Gabby and acts like Gabby. Mm hmm. But the younger child still doesn't look like Gabby or act like Gabby. And she's, as far as we know, still biologically related to the two of them. 
So I find I just find it very interesting, more on like looking at the writer's point of view and stuff like that. I think yeah, how far they looked in advance. I think definitely there's no way they saw this storyline coming that far ago. We were we were introduced to Juanita and the other girl first season. I just find it very interesting because obviously this is a huge plot point that we draw so much attention to, and I feel like there's a, l- a couple things just not adding up in my mind that pulls me out of it. Do you, are you saying that you maybe think? that the hospital didn't actually switch the babies or are you just saying no i think they do okay. they did just but i just from, a writer's see, point of view. from looking at the tv show to me it adds this little element that makes it not make sense even though that's what they're telling me is going on yeah i, I it's asking us to stretch a little bit but i just think the point is this grace girl is exactly like gabby it's probably the baby girl she always dreamed of having definitely and definitely. and the younger daughter looks a lot like carlos juanita doesn't really look like Either of them, except she's Mexican. Like, that, that's it. No, seriously, though. Like, her skin tone is the same, and she is the same coloring, but she doesn't look like either of them, really. I mean, I guess. It, it's just in my I mind, saying, it though. sticks out, and I, for some reason, I just don't like it. Like, I understand the plot point. I think it's a really good storyline. I just feel like it wasn't thought into enough, and it throws this little, like, blinker in my mind of telling me, like, Hold on a sec. Like, why is this little girl not getting mentioned or any attention? I mean, this was the first time we've seen well, her. Like, I mean, I've seen her a bunch of times. And in fact, like, to speak to your point, Sarah, there was times when I was wondering, wait, is that Juanita? And I think what they're doing, I would like to see them just, like, sort of take her out of the picture so that way there is no confusion or just speak to it, you know? Because right now it, it just feels like they're putting her there because, yeah, she is a daughter, you're talking but, about not Grace, not Juanita, the other girl? Yes. Okay. And so, you know, it's just, she's just there. Yeah, she's just there, and she just kind of doesn't make any sense, in my and opinion. And also, they're making it seem like it wouldn't be a big deal to her, but her sister's not her actual sister, and this girl that's coming over is her sister. It's a huge deal to all three of these kids. So I, yeah, either put her in the picture more and have her speak. She didn't say a single word the entire episode, other than the fact that there was gum on her fur. No, she didn't even say anything then. That's the only point of her being in the episode. And that she she me she didn't meow, she mooed when she was whatever. Point being that this girl's here and it's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. It's like completely it's, unnecessary. In my opinion, it's pulling away from the drama of the really serious issue they're talking about, which is the mix-up and the right. struggle between Juanita and Grace and affection. Now, and- why don't we see anything between... Juanita and Grace's parents, and so Juanita and her biological parents, I would like to see what was going on on that end a little bit. You know, how could these biological parents not be stepping in a little bit? We, we All we saw was Juanita and Grace up in Grace's room, and the mom walks in and is like, oh, Mrs. Uh, Solis is here? Mrs. Yeah. Solis is here. And that, that was all we saw from them. I mean, I... I... It's a matter of, like, we just don't care enough about them, I feel like. Yeah, we or don't. maybe mm-hmm. maybe later on. I mean, Gabby, we, we're following – we don't even see Carlos that much except, like, when he comes in and says, and Gabby, you got to – Yeah, you got to stop this, Gabby, you know? Yeah, but that's also weird to me. Why isn't Carlos struggling at all with the fact that his biological daughter is in the house? He, and he was like, you know what? We've got to cut away from her. We can't see her anymore. How could a person... He, I mean, because he's making a tough choice. Um, you know, he, he's the man of the house, and he's obviously providing for Gabby. And, you know, sometimes it sucks. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, as a guy, you try to mask your emotions to do what's right. 
oh, you're so serious all the time. <laughs> no, but I think that was an interesting thing when Carlos walked in and said that, and Gabby point blank says, Carlos, they're both our daughters. And that's just clearly not the way Carlos looks at it. Because we haven't seen, you're completely right, like, we haven't seen any connection between Any Carlos relationship at all. Like, it hasn't been addressed at all. But the longer she's in the picture, which I have a feeling she'll be in the picture for a little while, the more we'll start to see that, and things are going to come to unwind, but we could talk about that in predictions. Our, our next couple that is also on this downward slope, trying to get out so hard, every single day, working for it, Susan and Mike... And speaking of a man taking the reins of a relationship. What what was that line he even said? Susan, you no longer can make the decisions for our family. I'm the one in charge now. Yeah. And even before that, he opened up the episode of like, you know, if, if I'd gone to Alaska, you never would have had to do this. That's so, true. And we were talking about this last week, actually, uh, it, that it would be nice if Susan told him about it, about the website, and he was understanding. Which originally he was, and blamed himself. But later on in the episode, he looks at her, he he scolds her, and says that she wasn't thinking about MJ or anybody except for herself. So, he kind of took two two sides on that one. Uh, well, I think the truth came out in the end, you know. I think he was, again, masking it initially. And right. And then, right. you know, that was it. But I, I didn't think, I didn't like at all that we didn't see Susan tell Mike. Why was that a choice made by... I mean, do you really, do you really need to see it, though? I mean, hey, yeah. I did a porn website. Yeah, I, w- I wanted her to... I wanted to see the motivation behind her telling him. We saw last week that she was being blackmailed, and then I wanted her to sit down. I wanted her to bite her lip. I wanted her to scratch at her arm. I wanted her to debate telling him. I wanted her to start saying the sentence and then stop. I wanted him to be like, Susan, what's wrong? And then I wanted the bomb to be dropped. I didn't want to be put in the scene in the middle of it where he's you don't even see his reaction at all i would have fell asleep i fell asleep while you were telling me that boring <laughs> sorry sorry i'm just so uninteresting jesus no i'm serious though that's that's part of it and maybe it's just because coming from an uh, actress's point of view i want to see them act that out i want to see how they do it because you want to feel it you want to feel yeah. her motivation you want to feel the struggle she has in telling him but i mean I think it's an interesting choice. I think it was an artistic choice. I feel like bringing you in the middle kind of caught you off guard. I think it added to that, oh, was she going to tell him? Is she going to tell him? And then it's like, it's right in your face. Well, I turned to you guys and I said, what just happened? And you were, you guys both said, she told him. I was confused. I didn't understand. I've never really seen that before where it was like such a big decision. And we didn't even see her last episode say, Oh, maybe I'll. Oh, okay, I'll tell him. I'll tell. But him. she's all season. She's been not debating whether or not she's going to tell him. But of like, oh my god, this is horrible. You know, I, I'm keeping the secret from my husband. And so, I don't know. It wasn't that far of a leap. That's, I guess that's me. true. I guess that's true. But now we see Mike, and he's going to Alaska. So Susan and MJ are left alone in this house with rats. Apparently, it's an apartment, not the, a house. Uh, this apartment. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just clearing it up. Their house is on Wisteria Lane. And and let's hope that they get back there soon. But so they're in this apartment, and that's a little scary. Just just MJ and Susan living there. And yes, we can talk about it more in predictions. But briefly, we see in this episode Susan go and threaten Paul with 
um, the like Bam Bam bat that she finds from MJ. And Beth comes down the stairs with a gun in Susan's face. And we don't see Susan tell Mike that, so I'm assuming she didn't tell Mike that. That's what I'm gonna, I was gonna mention. I just, it's like more and more secrets, and now he's leaving, and now she has this thing that she went and almost attacked Paul, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure now he's a little angry. We, We saw the angst in her face when he said he was leaving, and it seemed like she wanted to say, I'm scared for you not to be here, because now I have these enemies. But she didn't say anything. She bit her tongue, and I'm nervous for her. Because somehow Paul and Beth are, or it doesn't matter so much about Beth, but Paul's going to find out that she's alone with MJ, and Susan and Mike have no plan of giving up their house. And he's, is Mike's gone for what, three months, I think they said? Is that what they said? I, th- I thought that was Yeah, it's three months, but, uh, and then Paul Young has apparently 60 days to get out of his, uh, out of that house now, and if not, and also, but ultimately at the end of the year, he has to get out. I definitely think that. Before those three months are up, Mike will be back for some reason or another. Some something big's gonna happen there. You don't, can he come back? Is this? Uh, I mean, they all we all I know at least of this Alaska thing is that he's going to do um, this thing, whatever it may be, and that it's and it's a lot of money. Given that it's Alaska, is it one of those things that you can sort of come back from, or like if you're there, you're there? I, I don't know. I don't remember him being offered the job. I don't know if it was shown on air, but if so, I wonder. That's a good question because I wonder if if Susan was in big trouble, would he even be able to hear from her? Well, I, I know it's not Mars. It's Alaska, but you know what I mean. I mean, I'm just, I'm just imagining that he's – I know he's not literally, but it's like one of those deadliest catch type of jobs where you're there. You got yeah, nothing. not coming back. And, and that's really scary because not only is Susan very much alone – but to contradict that a little, she has a kid. So I don't think anything would happen to her, though, with MJ present. I don't think it would go that far. We also see Susan get fired from her job, though, so we see that Paul's really willing to make her lose everything. But Paul's enemy is Susan, not MJ. He seems like a nut job. I think his enemy is Susan, so anybody related to Susan... And his enemy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think MJ's an enemy, but he's he's a means to get to Susan. Definitely, and Susan's not Paul's enemy completely either. It's every person on Mysterio Lane. But think about it. I mean, Beth slapped him, and he didn't shoot her. You know, because if he did, he wouldn't get revenge at the people he really wanted to. I think he's completely off his rocker. He. If it meant if there was no consequences, he would have shot her definitely, killed her. Beth, you saw the look in his eyes. He wanted to beat her to a pulp, but he knows if he does, three strikes, he's out. Lifetime jail sentence for sure, for sure. But the same thing goes if he would, I guess, hurt MJ. I'm just saying. Yeah, I but that's what he wants. What he wants to do is get back at these women on Mysteria Lane. But I don't think he would go so far as to hurt the kid, nor do I think the show would go so far as to murder off a I don't think he's going to... Six-year-old boy. Oh, no, I don't I'm think not, he's going to murder him. Mur- yeah, no one said murder. We're, I'm glad your mind's going there, but... Uh, well, I mean, no, I was, when you say hurt MJ, I don't understand. Emotionally, don't, most, anything yeah. like or that. Or use... I mean, Susan would never let MJ get hurt, so use MJ as a means to get to Susan. I agree there, like maybe getting him kicked out of school or something like that, but I don't think... Yeah, something like that. I don't think MJ's really in danger. 
I, I mean, not, maybe not to die, but in danger. There's a crazy guy out to get his mom. If there was a crazy guy out to get my mom, I'd be in danger. I mean, Sarah. Li- li- I guess my mind went this way because we talked about Mike leaving and them being too alone in the house. Right. And I feel like if he's going to hurt MJ through emotional stress or something, he could just as easily do that with Mike there. Okay. Like, Mike might get more angry, and he might fear Mike's reaction more, but I don't see MJ, like, now Mike's not there, MJ being in trouble. I get what you're saying, but, okay, so what do we think about Paul and Beth's relationship? What is this woman's deal? I mean, she's a virgin. Okay, fine, she's a virgin. She's on the phone with her mommy upstairs. Was it her mommy? She said, bye, mom. But could that be, like... I don't know. One thing, I don't think any, anybody could hear. I think it was her mom. It was the most odd daughter-mother relationship yeah, that's I what ever I heard. Yeah, it, it, it sounded really, really odd. uncomfortable. I felt like it could have been something else. No, I, I think it was her mom, in my opinion. I don't... Who knows with this couple? They're just the most bizarre. But she, she was like, I want you to be proud of me, mom. I want you to make it work. Is it possible that... Beth is not at all we, – we keep making up these stories about her background where she comes into it. Is it possible that when she was sitting in that sex therapy class, whatever, or le- therapy session with Paul and she explained, I married this guy in prison because I just wanted somebody to love me. Is it possible that that's just as plain and simple as it gets? She just wanted this – she's just a small-town girl who wanted this guy to love her and she loved going there and, and talking to him. And now she's got herself stuck in a really sticky situation. I mean, I think I think that's the root of it. I think there's a whole back history of like, obviously, from for me, the hint that I got was that the the mother, she, uh, I don't know what it, she 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 hadn't quite grown up. Obviously, she's a virgin. Um, when she spoke to the mother, you could be grown up and be a virgin. Fair enough. But what I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> she Adriana Lima, she was. Fair enough. But up. when she's talking with her mother, um, you know, she the mother doesn't want her back because, she, you know, she wanted her to, what I got, make a commitment and stick to it and be on her own as opposed to coming back and right. going into this sort of sheltered life. Right, right. So, um, you know, I, there's that whole baggage, I feel like. But in my head, I always thought we were going to find something out about Beth, that we were going to find out she was part of some spy investigation. Code word mom. Yeah, code, code, weird mom. Spy investigation to find out how Paul was doing or that she was poor and needed money so she was with this man or that she was in fact a man and she had a penis so that's why she's not sleeping with him. Like something nuts. I know. My mind just wanders. But every time she comes on screen, there's some really eerie, weird thing about it. So I thought the show was leading us in that direction. And just for the first time today, in today's episode, I thought, huh, maybe she's just a small-town girl who married a guy because she wanted to feel loved. There you go, plain and simple. What, you're you're giving me that I don't think so I'm face. just going to wait and see. I can't really... I don't know. I'm really torn about it, and I just... I feel like I need more information, and I'm just going to have to wait it out on this one. Right. And but it's so puzzling. She, they have this conversation. He kicks her out, and then next thing we see is her coming downstairs with a gun, sticking up for him, and then making out. Well, all he all he wanted too was a commitment. You know, someone that could be his partner, or whatever, and could stand up for him. Yeah, 
And that's what she did. Why Why was she willing to make out with him at that point? Because she, she at that point mentally came to the conclusion that she's going to be by his side no matter what. Because she doesn't want to get kicked out. You don't think that she thought she was going to get kicked out before that? No? I mean, yes and I don't know. I, she didn't, obviously, but... I uh, feel like she had to know. She had to have known that she was going to get kicked out at some point. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, this guy I was threatening like her left and crazy. right. He was threatening her left and right. I'm going to kick you out. If I'm going to kick you out if you don't sleep with me. That's what he was saying to her. So I, I don't understand. She obviously knew that. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, he was threatening her, and but he was acting upon it. And, um, you know, that that it just it just was the way it was. And I think, you know, she she didn't think that he was actually going to do it until he said he was going to do it. And then, yeah, she had to change her ways when he actually did. Yeah, I think she, like, I don't think she was really thinking that he was going to just kick her out on the street. I mean, she married the guy. I don't think she, and she thinks, I don't think she had any idea what she was going into through this this entire thing. She's yeah, that's just what I'm all saying. She's just like this small town girl. She had no idea what she was getting herself into. Poor thing. Like, this guy, I mean, maybe this isn't it. Maybe we'll find something out. But this guy isn't, I mean, it was a little weird that she decided to marry a guy in jail, but... He gets out of jail, and all of a sudden, everybody everybody hates her and hates him, and she's living on a street, and she's very alone, and she's far from home, and I feel bad for her now. I just thought she was a nut job, too, but now I kind of feel bad for her. Yes, I would agree. I feel like there might be something more. Right now, I'm feeling bad for her. I'm still torn. Mm. We'll see what happens. She's all over the place. It's all completely unpredictable, in my opinion, with her whole scenario, but she's... She's just being pushed around. Like, I know. One minute she finds out she has this crazy husband and he's, you know, she's just hearing rumors and has to decide if she wants to now sleep with him mm-hmm. or be by his side. Mm-hmm. And it's just I know. a lot. I know. I, I know what you mean. And speaking of people, fe- me feeling bad for people and people getting pushed around, that brings us to our special segment. Eva Longoria Parker's trial this week. I feel so bad for her. It's like, okay, you're a celebrity, but it definitely comes with a price. Yeah, well, well, she got off. You know, I mean, everyone's on her side, luckily. So will you explain for a second what happened? All right, so last week we gave you the news and gossip that um, Eva Longoria hit um, a driver. Uh, his first name is Roman, Roman, and last name some weird. Gasperi something. Yeah, really long. And it, it turns out they were on Hollywood Boulevard. They were, um, it was late. And he made a left turn, and she hit right into him because she couldn't get out of the way. Now, he sued her or filed a lawsuit against her because, in my opinion, that she, she was a celebrity once he saw her. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone everyone now agrees that it's not her fault. That's so pathetic. It, first of all, if I ever got in a car accident with a celebrity, I would hope that I would treat – that I would – Go outside, see that it was a celebrity, and then continue with who and see what happened. Get their information, have them get mine, so it would be a normal exchange. It's like they're people. Just because she's a celebrity, she wasn't in the wrong. Not all celebrities are wrong in every car accident. 
I think people are just so sue happy that as soon as it's any hint of money, they are. I mean, it's like if someone gets hit by a Mercedes versus, I don't know, like a Toyota, they're probably going to be like, oh, we could probably push this a little further because maybe this person has money. Well, I don't know. That, that too, but even well, more than that, this guy's getting his little 15 minutes of fame. Exactly. Well, I mean, um, just to even go further with it in terms of what happened, they were both driving BMWs. Um, oh, he was? He was. And, uh, but, I mean, there there's supposed reports that even Longoria's eyes were red and bloodshot, which I think that's hogwash. But, you know, just to clarify of, like... Just just causing drama. It's just causing drama. Even if her eyes were red and bloodshot, whatever, maybe she was tired. And she was still in the right. She didn't she didn't do anything wrong. It's just people... In my opinion, it's really just people seeing money, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, in this case, in this scenario, he was driving a nice car. She was, too. But she has fame, and obviously, she probably, most likely, I don't know for sure... But he probably thought she had more money than he did. And it's just... I mean, she's... Of course. Yeah. So, unless he's, like, some billionaire who just feels like suing people for nothing, which I don't think so. Well, he, he's driving a BMW. He's obviously not poor. Well, that... I mean, maybe, maybe I mean, he like found it, said, it gets stole his, it, but... It gets his name out there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, no, this guy who I probably would have never heard of and will probably forget by tomorrow morning thinks that it's awesome that he was on TV. He was in the newspaper. He was in... People Magazine, congratulations. It's so awesome for you. You are the jackass who sued Eva Longoria when she didn't do anything wrong. Like, I'm so glad you got your name out there. I mean, I disagree. I don't I don't think that... In my opinion, it comes down more to money when it comes to suing than just names. Maybe, may, at least for car accident cases. Maybe for all the lawsuits we've seen of girls who, like, sued people for, like, rape and sexual assault. That's a little bit, in my opinion, more fame. But for a car accident, I see more money. Oh, I, I think it's whatever you can, whatever you take, what you can get. You know, like he obviously couldn't claim that she raped him, but when they got in this little altercation, he saw his way in. I don't know. Yeah, partially for money. I'm not saying this guy was rich because he's a BMW. You can, you can absolutely not be rich and have a BMW. But I, I do think that more, more so than money, because he probably knew he was going to lose if he was in the wrong. He knew that. Or maybe you think he just didn't realize he was in the wrong? I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you can fight in car accidents. Like, it's not always That's black true. and white, what's right, what's wrong. There's so many things you can argue. Like, oh, I he know they weren't looking. Pro- yeah. Oh, like, oh, I have back pain. Oh, I have this. Like, there's so many things you can kind of fudge into gray area that I think even though someone may be in the right and someone may be in the wrong, you can get more money, if that makes sense. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Well, that's enough of that. On to our predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, fitting, since that was the Halloween episode of Desperate Housewives. Oh, very, very spooky. I thought that, um, just speaking on that really quickly, that it was a cute Halloween episode, and they they used it well, uh, introducing it with things that people are scared of and... Closing it with what we're scared of. I love how they always do that. But what what are we going to see next week and what are we going to see in the rest of the season? We saw a quick preview of Susan asking to be the new nanny for Lynette and Tom. How do we think that would work out? Mm, 
I actually think that it could work. We Obviously, Susan's really great with kids. I think the problem she would have would just be maybe them they're butting into each other's lives too much. But I think she can handle the job well. I think she can handle it, but I also think they're going to clash in the sense that Susan may be like, oh, no, let's not do it that way. I might, you know, she has a different style of doing it. Different style of parenting. Yes. Definitely. And also, Susan's about to be very lonely without her husband there. So maybe, like, her being around way too often, lingering a little bit when she shouldn't be. I could see that. You know? You know what I mean? And I, I also think that that MJ, there's a little possibility of jealousy there. Nobody wants their mom hanging out with kids more than they hang out with them, you know? What was did also um in the little preview was Renee asking Susan to get her a drink or was I confused? Did you see that little? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wait, what did she ask? Renee was there. Renee was supposedly in the house when Susan offered, and then you know Vanessa was like, um, "If you want to make some money," and holds up her empty glass or something along that line. I they, thought that they might show be a these little. previews. I hate. I, I'm, like, aging myself. They show these previews so fast. These people speak so quickly. No, I, I can't even watch sometimes. Like, I will pay so much attention, and I'll rewind the preview six times saying, who was just in that scene? What happened? They want you to be all confused. It's, it's all cryptic. Um, I know. But something that I did catch, we also see Brie going through menopause. Hot flashes. Hot, her hot flashes, and... Her asking the doctor, can't we push off menopause for a little bit? <laughs> like, oh, if doctors had the capability to do that. And this is this is interesting to me because the age difference between her and Keith is always already so apparent. And I feel like he isn't going to give a crap that she's going through menopause. But it's just going to be another one of those things that she feels bad about. Kind of like he felt like he was less smart than she was. She feels like she's too old for him. This is just another... Another piece of information that's going to kind of mess with their relationship there. Also, I don't, I've heard that menopause also gives you mood swings and not only hot flashes. So how is that going to affect their relationship if she is just going back and forth all the time? And she tries not to be too moody in general. So definitely a big personality change there. But I, I think he seems like a really good understanding guy. And I, I could only see really drama for about one episode about that. I don't really see it taking us too much yeah, further. I mean, their, their whole thing, it's uh, it doesn't go too – it always gets resolved quickly and it never is too much. And but. we see that he's in for the majority of the season, uh, so he's he doesn't seem to be going anywhere yeah. right now. A prediction that I don't know if it's going to happen but that I would like to see happen, I want I want a man for Renee. I want a storyline for her. She kind of just bobs around right now. Do we see that happening at all? I, yeah, I totally agree that she's kind of just like she's being thrown into little things. Like She needs her own story. I think that they had a lot of focus on Renee and it's a little break and they're trying to see how everyone feels about her. Like and, her. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, I like her, but it's hard for a character to break through when you don't give them anything. Yeah, well, apparently, you know, we spoke of Carlos not getting much beside the scenes of him ridiculing Gabby, and apparently there's there's a gay lover coming his way. Yeah. Is that? Oh, who? that's the guy from the street. Jeez, oh, there's so many names on the show, I forget what his name is. Whatever it is, yeah, gay lover coming his way. And Gabby seemingly a little jealous 
that he's spending so much time with him. So that that seems funny. Maybe that will lighten the mood up a little bit because I'm telling you, this episode made me a little depressed. I hope so. Me too. I really want some fun vivaciousness. I know. I know. I, I definitely want to see a, a little more happiness there. Oh. And on that note... And on that note, I'll just cross my fingers till the next episode and hope for smiles. But it's good because we get to do Gossip Girl soon, and that's always fun. Happy. Oh, it is. It is. And happy. So if you're well, feeling I hope sad. You guys, I hope everyone had a great ha- Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. Yeah. Amazing. I had seven costumes. I made caramel apples. For producers Kevin Vigaro <laughs> and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later!